back in the house of the Lord this morning with you guys. Um, Y'all stand. I'm going to (laughs) sit. But let's worship the Lord.
It's as strong as it was the day that Jesus hung on Calvary's cross. And I am so thankful for the power in the blood. It's so good to see all of you this morning. Welcome, and we would like to welcome those that are viewing uh, from North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, New York. Michigan, Ohio, Kansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Welcome to the service this morning. I know that you will be blessed. Hopefully you picked up a bulletin on your way in. If not, grab one on your way out. We will be having more of you Mondays tomorrow at 6.30. So come expecting and uh, I, you will be blessed. Those services are wonderful. So maybe you've never come. Uh, what's more of you Mondays? Well, we say it's for youth, but... Uh, it's really for whoever, so if you want to come out and be a part, um, we would love to have you. Baby shower, because the baby's still there, right, right there, praise the Lord, coming up. Saturday, May the 1st, that's this coming Saturday from 11 until 1, and they are registered on Amazon, and uh, we are just praying and believing that baby Henry's going to stay put, and uh, they're going to get to come to the shower and be there, and uh, I've, we've joked, you know, on and off all week, and, and even this morning, I said, well, if the baby comes, and Beth was like, are we going to deliver a baby on the platform? I was like, well, I did deliver two baby goats here recently. So I know what I'm doing. I've got shoestrings. I've got iodine. I've got all these things. So, uh, you know, we're prepared either, either way. But, uh, but no, we, uh, again, and I'm speaking for Noah and Hope, but they say thank you for all of the prayers. They've worked. They're, she's here. So, uh, so thank you for that. And don't stop. Keep them coming and just pray that baby Henry stays stays put for as long as the Lord will have him. Um, but the shower is Saturday uh, from 11 to 1, so come out and bless them uh, and bless baby Henry. Also on Saturday from 1 until 4 is our youth sports day. Is that right? Yes, yeah, sports day. Playing flag football. Uh, there may be other games going on. I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but young people... People who just want to play flag football, come out and be a part of this. Uh, I think snacks, um, they'll have snacks to, to give you guys, Gatorades, water. Uh, I don't know, maybe they'll have people on the sideline with those squirt bottles squirting in your mouth. But it's going to be a, a day of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So youth, please come out. Bring your friends. Bring neighbors. Oh, I just saw some visitors snuck in on me. Good to have you all this morning. Uh, but, uh, but come and be a part of that. I know they're looking forward to it. Terrence is looking forward to winning. Right? That's why his picture's on the, the slide there. He's planning on having the winning team for... No, he won't be coaching. He'll be playing. I know him. So that'll be good. Food and Fellowship will be uh, next Sunday evening for the PM service. Uh, that's May 2nd, and we are excited about this. We're going to be doing our second annual Low Country Bowl, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we play cornhole and all kinds of games and, and things like that. All we ask is that you sign up to let us know how many people are coming um, so that we can be prepared. And if you would like to make a monetary donation 
that would be greatly appreciated um, because there is a cost involved with this, but we like to just take up um, donations for this and have one person buy all of the ingredients, um, so it's kind of all the same. So if you have money that you would like to give today, um, Matt's not here, but Beth will gladly um, take your donation, and uh, they're going to be in charge of all of that, so I know it's going to be a great time. Then if you could just bring a dessert and a drink, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. That will take the place of the PM service next Sunday uh, at 6 p.m. Then also the mother-daughter tea is coming up Saturday, May the 8th uh, from 11 to 1. And ladies, please sign up. Um, this is a free event. If you would like to make a donation to help offset the cost, they will not turn that away. Uh, but we just really need to know how many uh, of you are planning on coming, so please sign up. And then lastly, Children's Church, listen up, you're going skating. Woohoo! Um, I love skating. I'm not going to go this time, but um, but I love skating. Actually, I've told Charlie she can come on Saturday, May 15th, at at five o'clock. So maybe I could go skating. <laughs> And that would really encourage her to come. But uh, meet here at the church uh, on Saturday, May 15th at 1245. Uh, have $9. That pays for your skating, and that's money for a snack, and then you'll come back here and have pizza, correct? Okay, so it sounds like a great time. Um, do they need to let you know? Sign-up sheet is out there on the desk. So uh, I think that's it. I know that's a lot, but again, get a bulletin. It's all in there. Uh, it helps you out a lot. Are you ready to worship the Lord? I know I am. That's why I'm here. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that's here in this house today, Lord. We ask that you would come, that you would move in power, Lord. That not one would leave this place the same, but all would leave changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's salvation, he's here today. If there's healing that's needed, it's here today. Deliverance, whatever it may be, at this moment, let us open our hearts, open our hands to receive all that you have for us. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
this morning that if our feet are placed on that rock, he's going to take good care of us. He'll never leave us or forsake us this morning as long as we stay planted in him. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. We thank you, Jesus.
That's your desire for him to be the center of your life, the head of your life. Just worship him this morning. Lord, we thank you and honor you and praise your name. Lord, we thank you that there is still power in your name, Lord. Lord, and we know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And I pray, Lord, that, that we be obedient to the leading and guiding of your spirit. Lord, that today, if there be some that listen or in this place that don't know you, Lord, let them make you center of their life. Lord, we just pray that you would move in this place today. Lord, we ask for souls to be saved and lives to be changed. Lord, we ask for those that are bound to be set free. Lord, those that have a preconceived mindset for you to renew the spirit of their mind, Lord, today. Lord, that we not be conformed, but we be transformed, Lord, today. And I ask that you would have your way in this place, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would bless the tithe and offering we're going to receive, that we would be good stewards of what you blessed us with give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you have a child or offer to bring, come and drop it off and uh, the kids are dismissed.
services we had ever had. <laughs> um, I told Summer last night, I said, watch, you and Hope will go into labor at the same time. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But uh, we're going to remove that pregnant stool from this platform after all this is over. Because, uh, no, it's okay. As long as Summer's not another one of those. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll be all right. Turning your word this morning to Acts chapter 5. And uh, excited, obviously, about being here. Excited to deliver the gospel. It's always a privilege and a pleasure. So I don't know how you find yourself, where you find yourself, in what state of mind, but I want to tell you that he's here this morning to move in your behalf. He's here to deliver us, to set us free, to save the lost, to strengthen the saint. He's here and I'm so thankful this morning. This morning I want to talk about a little something that may some people may look at as controversial, but it's not controversial. The terminology has become controversial, but uh, um, we need to be coming out of the closet. <laughs> and I will explain in a little while what we're talking about. But this morning I want to minister out of Acts chapter 5, verses 25 through 33. And uh, the title, if you're into those things... We ought to obey God rather than man. Now, regardless of what people say, regardless of what popular opinion is, uh, regardless of pressures, that we have a mandate as believers to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to teach it, 
And no matter what comes, there is still an, a mandate on our lives to deliver the saving knowledge, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So today we know that we're facing uncertain times, that inflation has gone through the roof, uh, through the roof, literally. Uh, it's been nuts. Things have tripled, doubled, and uh, maybe will quadruple, who knows. But uh, it can't keep going that way, and everything keep uh, progressing. But I'm not here to talk about economics. I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to talk about any of those. I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus. But we are in uncertain times, and we're facing uncertain situations. And uh, almost it seems that people have just gone almost absolutely crazy. And we are told to tolerate. We are told to, to accept. We're told to do all of these things. Uh, pastors have been threatened, are being threatened. We know that messages have been subpoenaed to courts. And all kinds of stuff is going on. Uh, and that threat has many afraid. The threat has uh, many believers afraid. But Psalm 27 in verse 1 says that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, before we get on our high horse of uh, we're ready to go conquer the world, let's uh, look at reality. Let's look at the state of the church. Let's look at where is the voice of the, the church. We are absolutely instructed that we are the body of Christ. But we need to remember that Christ is the head. And we need to let him be that. Uh, I, I'm not going to spend much time here, but I am sick and tired of people promoting Bible studies that they've masked, they've, but what they have done is masked a tirade of hate uh, with a few scriptures and called it a message from God, and it's not. Uh, haughtiness and pride has no place in the pulpit. It has no place in an agenda to push your personal riff with whatever it may be. So I want to tell you something. We need to get back to allowing Christ to be the head of the church and us be the body and preach, proclaim, and live the Word of God. And that's it. Nothing else. That's it. So it's easy to say, but do we really believe that the Lord is our strength? Do we be believe that? Do we believe that He will be there no matter what comes, that He will not leave us nor forsake us? Do we really believe that? And if we do, then fear wouldn't play a, a role in our life. The Word tells us that perfect love casteth out fear. That in fact, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if we really believe this, then we wouldn't be silent. We, our voice would be heard, not us. They're not looking at us, but the voice would be heard. So when you come to Acts chapter 5, verses 25 through 33, you come to a portion of text where they had just been released from prison or gotten out of prison. So we have to understand that if we were, you and I were to be put on trial for our faith, what would you do? So you pick up in Acts 5, verse 25, this is talking about the trial, they were on trial for preaching the gospel simply, and you pick up in, in verse 25, it says, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain of the, uh, with the officers and brought with them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. They were in all, uh, front of all 71 Sanhedrin. They were, they were there for, to be scalded, I guess. 
and, and set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intended to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to, to, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. For we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them who obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and they took counsel to slay them. They didn't take counsel to say, what will we do? They wanted to kill them. They wanted to get rid of them because they were sick and tired of, really what they were sick and tired of is that the truth was exposing them for who they were. Uh, they, they weren't real. They were just pretenders if you want to be that. But these men had just gotten out of prison. They had been released. Uh, they weren't released by man, but they were re released by the Lord. And sometimes we find ourselves in a hard situation, a predicament of where will I go, what will I do, how is this going to work out. And Lord, if you'll just make a way out, I will fill in the blank. Maybe all of us have done that before. Maybe all of us have found ourselves in that place. Lord, if you'll just work this out, then I will whatever. We should understand that bartering does not work with the Lord. He don't cut deals. He don't make deals. Now, yes, he will work things out, and we will surrender our lives to him, but he didn't work them out for you to do something. He worked them out because he's God, because his ways aren't our ways. He didn't work it out so in turn you will. He already made the way so you would. But if you go back to verse 20 in Acts 5, 20 and 21, this is what they did. This is what the Lord spoke to them. This is what the angel said to them. Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And in verse 21, and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning. If you highlight, circle, text, whatever you want to do, I want you to pay attention to this portion of Scripture. Early in the morning they went and they taught, but the high priest came and that, uh, they that were with him and called uh, the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent uh, to the prison to have them brought. So they had just been released. The Lord spoke through to them to go teach and preach again. Say, well, what are you talking about? Man, I just got out of this mess, and now you want me to go back. But they didn't sit around and think about it. They didn't ask everybody else what they thought about it. Early the next morning, they got up and they went and did what they were told. They went and spoke. They went and talked. They went and proclaimed the gospel. They didn't ask or hesitate. They went early. They weren't trying to hide. They weren't trying to hide. Today it's easy for some people to be bold through social media. And we've got a lot, of, a lot of keyboard warriors or whatever you want to call them, and that's fine, and it's a place to share the gospel. But what are you doing face-to-face? -face? What are you doing real life, real time, real scenarios, real situations? <coughs> But, um, but get this, they weren't out there to be seen. This is the issue today. We want to be seen behind the pulpit. We want to be seen as the pastor, the youth pastor, the, 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 the children's pastor, or the, the outreach pastor, or the, 
whatever pastors they are, the music pastor, the, the, the howdy-doody pastor. we got pastors of everything. But we don't, it's not to be seen, but to be heard. In fact, I, I mentioned it last week, we will be getting a new sign at some point in time, but I don't want my name on that sign because I don't care. It's not to be seen, it's to be heard. To be heard what? Not hear you, but hear what's coming out of you. And it needs to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not, they, they didn't want to be seen. Can you imagine what these priests thought about these guys? What, what did they imagine about the disciples? Man, can, can, and I don't know, I, I'm not trying to place myself there, but I would imagine they thought, my God, these guys are idiots. They, they just released, and, and here they are again doing the same thing. I cannot believe that they're there definitely teaching in the temple. They're, they were definitely there doing it. The scripture tells us this is what they were doing. First of all, when the Lord provides a way out, it's not an escape. Listen clear today. Your way out is not an escape, but it's a way, the way. The way to what? The way that the Lord is delivering or, or desiring that you go. But we look at it as an escape from something. He pulled you out of the miry clay. He placed your feet upon a rock. He established your goings. He didn't make a way of just running away from everything, but a way to proclaim the gospel, to, to, to protect the gospel, to preserve the gospel, to preach the gospel. So he made a way. It's not an alternate route. We look at it like this. Well, now I've got a better option. No, there's only one option. <laughs> there's only one way. It's not a, it's, we look at it and pick and choose, or we want to pick and choose what we'll do, but when he's established the way, that's exactly what it is, it's the way. So these men could care less who was threatening, who was talking, who was, who was whatever they were doing, they knew that I've got a word from the Lord and, and people's going to hear it. I'm afraid that today, many people don't say much at all because they've got nothing to say. Because they haven't spent time seeking the Lord for direction. They haven't spent time asking the Lord, what will you have me to do? They haven't spent time asking the Lord to speak through them. So yes, there's a lot of talking going on, but there's very little meaning behind any of it. I was always taught as a young child growing up that the dog that's barking, don't worry about that one. It's the one that's silent. And it, and it kind of plays right along into the people. It's the, it's the, but we like to pay attention to the squeaking wheel. I could tell you how to fix the squeaking wheel. Replace it. <laughs> Get a new one. Don't just treat it. Get a new one. And I'm not talking about getting rid of people, but I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to take care of it. So they could care less. They had a word from the Lord, but most remain again quiet because they've got nothing to say. You owe it to people. Why? Because you've got plenty to say. That you were lost and now you're found. If you'll come to the place where Paul came in Romans 1 and verse 14, Paul said that I am a debtor both to the Greek, the barbarian, to the wise and the unwise. Paul knew, I owe it to everybody I come in contact with, whether I be in prison or I be free from chains, whether I be on Mars Hill or at the bottom of it called a babbler. I don't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I've got something to say, and it's not me, but it's what's happened in me and who's in me, and I'm going to deliver this gospel, whether it be from behind a pulpit 
or from the back of a pickup truck or on a trailer or at Walmart in line. I've got something that people need to hear and it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what's going to change your life. I want Listen to me carefully this morning. I don't give a, a flip who's sitting in the White House. I know who's still on the throne, and I know that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that people need to hear because it was Jesus that saved my wretched soul. And I may seem like i got a chip on my shoulder this morning. I'm irritated. I'm sick and tired of what we have been promoting and pimping as gospel when the gospel has nothing to do with destroying people's lives. I'll preach and point out false doctrine all day long, but I am not going to stand up here and try to tear somebody else down because that soul is a soul just like mine. And if it weren't for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, I could still be in error. Because if you think you're perfect, you need to be the first person down here at these altars saying, Lord, forgive me. If you think your ship has arrived, I want to tell you that it's on its way to sinking. Hear me clear today. We have a message, you have a message, and it's found from Genesis to Revelation. It don't belong to any political party. And I know maybe some people hearing this and get mad. Well, get over it. Get over it. I, I, I'm tired of us excluding other folks because they don't look like, say like, or have it like we do. I, I'm going to tell you something. If the same Christ that saved my soul is the same Christ that that one right now trying to get that next fix in life needs to hear. That they need to receive. Because the same Holy Spirit that liberated my soul and set me free is the same one that will deliver and set anybody is free today. Today's uncertain pertaining to our freedoms. We're, you know the big riff right now. We're worried about getting our tax exemption taken away. Well, the Bible says to render Caesar what his anyway. You know what? If, if the church is so concerned that they can't pay a little bit of property tax, then I don't know that we understand that God is not the one who, who charged us and has set in place whatever it is that we're doing. So if He allows whatever to happen, and we have to pay some property tax, guess what? We'll pay property tax. But we still go preach the gospel. Let me just drop a little interesting fact to you folks here at Lakeside and you that may view that Lakeside Church does pay property tax. We have properties that we don't use for ministry. Sure, we could lie and say that's for church. It's not for our church. And, and we're not going to lie about it, so we pay the taxes on the property. But guess what? We're still preaching the gospel. And we're going to keep preaching it. I don't know why I'm there, but that don't really matter. Just preach. Don't worry about the other things in life. Don't get sidetracked. For the last three years, we were talking about a little bit this morning, Robert and David, or not David, Robert and uh, uh, Daryl and myself, about people, or I, they weren't, they were really listening, I was talking, how sidetracked we have become over the last three years by stuff. And forgotten that we, are, we have a mandate to go ye therefore and teach all nations, all things pertaining to the gospel. We don't, don't listen, stuff's going to go on. Stuff's going to happen. And, and, and it's always been that way. 
So Romans 1.14, that you owe it, you're a debtor to the Greek, the barbarian, the wise, and the unwise. And we like to go on in Romans and we get to verse 18 and we're talking about all of this stuff. Well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, if you don't understand that you owe it to him, then you're never going to give it to him anyway. Verse 16, I said 18, I went way ahead. So we got to come to this place where we realize I've got something in me that somebody else needs. It's not me. They were brought before all 71 of the council. And I don't, you know, it's kind of much like the church today. Somebody gets in, in a little bit of uh, whatever, they bring them before the council and whatever. We don't have 71 on our council. Well, if we did, we'd need a bigger room to meet in for sure. But the question was this. Did we not tell you to not teach in his name? Who's his name? Jesus. You, you can preach and you can say, praise God, all you want. We know God, who, who that's pertaining to. The word God is not, or the name God, it's not offensive at all. But when you talk about Jesus, the offense begins to arise. When you talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, then people get a little bit uh, antsy because they understand that there's nothing in me that is going to avail to anyone that is sold out and blood-bought and covered and knows that they have been purchased with a price. I've got nothing to offer. I've got plenty to offer. And he'll never run out. His name's Christ, Jesus Christ. So, so they wanted to know, did we not tell you to teach in his name? When you preach the truth, it stirs things up. But be mindful. Most of it comes from within the church. The religious folks that, that's got it going on. Well, you can't do that. You've got to do it this way. Why? Why? Can, can I tell you that the ways of man are broke? And I'm gonna be quite very I'll be very honest with you. When I hear anybody say program, I'm already turned off. I don't hear anything else that comes out of your mouth. Because we're programmed out. I don't know about you, but the church has been programmed out. We're sick of programs. Because what we do is when that program don't work, we flip to another one and we re we try to reinvent the wheel. I want to tell you something. The gospel's never been broke. <laughs> it's it's always worked. The simplicity of the preaching of the gospel has and will always work. We don't need to dress it up. Just preach the word. So we're told today that we're supposed to coexist and live in harmony and, and, and sing Ring Around the Rosie with everything else and, and people's flying the bumper stickers and they got all this stuff and we're creating pastors' meetings and you're having other pastors from other places, other beliefs come and stand behind the pulpit to show that the churches work in harmony. I, listen, just because it says church does not mean that it's correct. The stickers you see, the, 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 they got the moon, the crescent moon of Islam, and they got the, the Wiccan pinnacle, uh, or, and they, they, they've got uh, the symbol for Scientology and Judaism, the pagan symbol, the yin-yang symbol, and the Christianity we're supposed to coexist. Anybody with an ounce of common sense knows it's not going to happen. All and water can't mix. Light and darkness don't mix. You cannot do it. 
2 Corinthians, we know this portion of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14-18 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what uh, communion has light with darkness, and what concord has Christ with Belial, or what part has he who believes with an infidel, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. This is the exact opposite of what we are pushing today, and you are going to be separate, not isolated. We're not building a, a Branch Davidian camp. We're not doing any of that. If you ain't familiar with that, just look up Waco, Texas to Branch Davidians and educate yourself all you want. That's not what it's talking about. We're not, we're not building some compound and, and flying flags. We're not forming a militia. We're not doing any of that. We are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation that takes place in your life, has taken place in your life, will tell on you. Terrence preached a very controversial message last Sunday night. And he'll preach again. Why was it controversial? Because the Holy Spirit begins to stir stuff in your life and you've got to look at you for who you really are. Do I need to change my radio station? Well, it's just easy. Listen in, 102.9, the light. There's delight in there. Man, brick house ain't got nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Just say it. And don't try to talk about the Lord, the, the, the church is the bride of Christ, she is a brick. No, ain't got nothing to do with none of that. I'm going to stop before I get in trouble. <laughs> Light and darkness cannot and will not mix. And people say, well, you can't say that. I, I didn't. The Word of God says that. And, and, and hear me clear, and, and I want to I I back up Terrence. Not that he asked me, and not that he needs it, because the Word was enough. I want to tell you something. We, he wasn't preaching about heaven and hell issues. He was, he was preaching about why. It's the why are we doing what we're doing. Why, well, who are we drawing attention to? Who are we trying to lift up and, and praise? So Peter and the apostles, they answered the high priest and they said, we ought to obey God rather than man. In other words, I hear you talking, but I ain't listening. Men have a very natural gift of that. Sometimes it's not so good of a gift, but it's, uh, maybe it's just me. You see their mouth moving, but you didn't even really hear what they said. Summer will tell me something ten times, but why? She said, because you didn't listen. It's like I was supposed to get two Cokes yesterday and I only got one. I told you two Cokes. I didn't hear that part. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I got sidetracked. I walked into Dollar General and I saw peanuts and I just forgot about everything else. <laughs> so it was over. The bottom line is when it's all said and done, when it's all over, who are you going to answer to? People? No, you're going to answer to God. 
they know they knew they they knew who they were because they knew whose they were. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again: the church as a whole has an identity crisis because we're trying to be this, that, whatever it may be, and never fully have maybe some understood whose they are. So if they've never understood whose they are, they really don't know then who they are. But in John 1 and verse 12, it tells us that we are sons of God or a daughter. But as many as have received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth on his name. So you are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. In John 15 and 15, it tells us that we are even friends of God. You know the song we sing? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. In, in, in Romans 5 and verse 1, we understand and we learn that we are justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you are justified and you have peace because of the provision that has been made or that you have received. Now you are, 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 are at peace and you are justified. And you were, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and verse 20, it tells us that you were bought with a high price. What you know not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and are not your own. Why are you not your own? Because you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. I don't even belong to me anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm his. We sing an old song, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I got, something, 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 I'm completely yours. I forgot the rest of the words. But I remember it was kind of like that, angels bow before him. It had some of those motions, you know, the whole church was, angels bow before him. Maybe y'all didn't do that. We had motions to our songs at church. (laughs) Why? Because I'm his. I'm his. Uh, uh, Colossians 1 and 14. We know that we're redeemed. In whom we have redemption. Not in your name. Not in your affiliation with the church. Not in your ability to, 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 to speak. It's through his, who? Christ, his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. I'm redeemed. Romans 8. And verse 28, you have an assurance, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them which are called according to His purpose. I've got an assurance in the Word of God. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how crazy it gets, no matter how many threats come my way, if I'm walking in the will of God and I'm walking according to His purpose, it's all going to work out. Second Corinthians 1, 21 and verse 22, you learn a few things right here. Now he which established us with you in, in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of uh, the Spirit in our hearts. 
So you are anointed. You are sealed. You are established in Christ. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. And I referenced this just a moment ago. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So in Christ, who you are, you are established, you are sealed, you are full of the power of the Holy Spirit, you are to operate in love, and you are to do it out of a sound mind. Not shooting off the hip, making crazy, unwise decisions, but it's to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit because you are His child, you are His friend, you have been justified because a great price was paid for that justification by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not your own, you've been redeemed by His blood, and you have an assurance that no matter what comes, it's all going to work out. Philippians 4 and 13, we like to use this scripture all the time. All the, all the, the, uh, the athletes like to write this on their helmet or shoe or whatever. And I'm going to tell you right now, I really don't think that he cares if you hit for the cycle in baseball, a grand slam, or if you score a touchdown. But I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What things? All that he says. Even when you don't feel like walking anymore. Even when you don't feel like going forward anymore. Even when they tell you that you can't, you know that in Christ I can because His Word tells me that I can. I can keep going in Christ. Not in me, but in Christ I can keep going. We're the salt and light of the earth. We're the branch of the true vine. You are God's workmanship. This is who you are. This is who we are. So here we come to this controversial statement that I said just earlier that you have no reason to stay in the closet. What are you talking about? Well, Matthew 6 and verse 6 says, But when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father which, sees in, which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. The problem is, a lot of folks ain't never went to the prayer closet, so they haven't never heard from the Lord, and they got nothing to say. But if you are going to that prayer closet, not literally a closet, if you pray in a literal closet, that's up to you, that's your business. But if you're praying and seeking the Lord in secret, He will reward you openly. But I want to tell you something, you've got to come out of the closet. We want to shut ourselves in a room, and we don't want anybody to know anything, to do anything. We don't want to go anywhere. We want to stay in our little safe place. Where it's all good, and you, and you need that. You should desire that. But there's a place where you've got to walk out of that closet, that time spent with the Lord, and proclaim, thus saith the Lord. We ought to obey God rather than men. But a lot of folks can't say nothing because they're not spending time with the Lord. They're not seeking Him. The, the, the most powerful portion of Scripture that, uh, that's in our lives that has been, uh, I guess, made a revelation in our own personal lives is found in Matthew chapter 6 in those 66 words that the Lord instructed, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We need to understand that we are His, and I'm not going to teach on the Lord's Prayer again, but we need to be spending time in prayer. The prayer is your most powerful weapon as a believer because you have direct communication with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you can speak directly to God. Christ made the way. The veil was rent. Now you can enter in. We spoke about this a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever it may be. But very few of us spend time in prayer seeking the Lord. We'll spend time in prayer seeking the Lord for what we want or, or those whatever may be the lay me down to sleep things or, or whatever it is. But I'm talking about getting down to business with God and speaking and seeking direction for your life and asking Him to speak through you. Not that you may be seen, but that He may be heard. It's time to come out from among them. We know that a square peg won't fit in a round hole. We need to quit trying to blend in because you can't. You weren't called to blend in. You weren't saved to blend in. You were saved to stand out. He saved you to send you. But we've tried to blend into culture. <laughs> Listen, if you've got a cool name for church, I'm not against that at all. But this has become the trend. We don't want to sound churchy. I like Terrence to say, make pastors uncool again. I ain't been cool in, ever. <laughs> That's my kids. I'm the biggest dork in the live. You know, it's, uh, I go in the back of Sage's videos and always mess them up or I touch her phone and, and she has to start over with her crazy hand motions. And I don't care about being cool. Why are, we, why are we trying to blend in? Well, we're trying to be like them so we can win them. No, I want to tell you something. You can't be like anything. <coughs> You're different. We all look different, but the same God dwells in all of us. So quit trying to blend in. <coughs> if you're a Christian, we can't begin because our salvation will tell on us. Those, those guys were on trial. They were on trial for preaching the truth. And even though they faced persecution and death, they didn't care. Why do empty threats silence the church? We say it all the time. They can accuse you, but they can't convict you. Well, bro, I don't know, man. I don't want, I don't want to go to... I'm not, I, listen, I'm not talking about going to jail. I'm just talking about people just tell you, be quiet. Don't say that. We don't want to hear that. We don't, we don't want to hear about Jesus. Now and now in national events, you, except for the dirt track races, they still pray in the name of Jesus. You want to go somewhere that ain't scared to let somebody pray in the name of Jesus? Go to the dirt track. But you go to a football game, they got to take a moment of silence. It's like that. It's like an ADD moment of silence. I'm like, what, 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 would, what would happen if just a, a bunch, of, a big group of believers went and they just stood up and started praying? What would happen? What would happen if we were actually not afraid to be who Christ has called us to be and speak truth, but speak it in love? Not to be arrogant and annoying, but to truly love people wherever they are, to not be scared to go to the well. What would happen if we would actually go into our prayer closet and then come out of the prayer closet and tell people about Christ? And not only tell people about Christ, but point people to Christ and even be willing to walk with them. What if you told your neighbor that there's a better way or take it one step further? No, there's only one way. What if, what if tomorrow you didn't go to work and stand there and listen to some guy's stupid joke about whatever it may be and say, you know, I just don't want to hear that today. 
What if you went to work and they started talking about some joke or some wild time this weekend and you said, let me tell you what happened to me. I found myself at the altar seeking the Lord and He spoke to me and He told me to tell you that you don't have to live like this. What, what would happen? Because if, they, if you're a true believer, they already know you're different anyway. And, and you began to take over the conversation. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. What would happen if we came out from among them? Sure, you're not going to blend in. You're not going to be patted on the back. You might be called all kinds of things. And, and guess what? That don't really matter. Because the Bible tells us that he calls us his. I know that, 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 that people call me judgmental or they call me narrow-minded or, or they may even say that you're condemning and that's not it at all. But I know that God calls me His and what He's called me to do is to preach the gospel. And I want to tell you folks something. You don't blend in, so stop trying. And if you don't know and if you find yourself in the older generation, there's a lot of pressure on these young folks to get likes and followers and thumbs up and, and whatever. And I told you before, if you're a parent and don't have a TikTok, you need to create one so that you can look at the craziness that goes on in kids' lives and the pressure. If you're a girl and you get on there and act like a, a prostitute, you'll have a lot of followers. But they ain't following you because they like you. They're following you so they can lust after you. But why would they do this? Because the pressures of society tells you that if you don't have X amount of followers or, or this amount of friends or this amount of likes or whatever it may be, then you're not really fitting in. I want to tell you young kids something today. It's okay not to. Because when you're in your mid-twenties or, or early teens or later teens or whatever, they don't, they, don't, you ain't gonna, they don't care about you anyway. What if you use the platform that God has given you to promote and, and to preserve and protect the gospel and to preach the word? Well, they might not like it. Well, you can plant and water and watch God bring the increase. We have confused preaching the gospel with being popular. Kids, young people, young adults, stop tolerating filth. Now, now before you, let me, let me get older adults. Stop tolerating filth. Quit watching TV shows where two men are hooking up and trying to justify it. All right, I just like this show. I turn it off on that part. Well, the Bible tells me that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So before you start throwing darts at the young folks for uh, having TikTok and all that other stuff, what are you doing? Because the Buffy the Vampire Slayer ain't, ain't promoting Jesus. I ain't saying you got to watch Little House on the Prairie, neither. The best thing to watch is a black screen of nothing. It's glorious. Your mind can actually think, and you can spend time speaking to your family and enjoying the, just the goats buying and whatever goes on out there. 
Why are you talking about this? Because these are real issues with real people who live in a real world. And we, the church, have ignored all of it for so long because we're terrified to talk about the real stuff. Social media has become one of the biggest weapons of warfare in all platforms known to mankind. Because if Terrence posted something that I didn't like, then there's this culture going around called cancel culture, and I'm going to report it as offensive, and then they're going to cancel them out. But then the church plays a role in that, and it's been learned from the church because the church is ready to crucify LeBron James. Uh-oh. Instead of, and, and I'm not saying you have to agree with what, what he tweeted or posted, but you should be praying for him. Because what someone pushes and promotes and tweets or posts tells you the condition of the heart because the Bible also tells you that from the heart the mouth speaks. So instead of destroying the people, you should be taking them before the Lord. Lord, change them. Save them. Like you gloriously save my soul. Is this okay? I mean, if y'all mad at me, just... Keep being mad, but I'm going to tell you anyway. But God calls us His. And we're to share this glorious gospel by not just talking about it, but by living it. Even if the very message that we preach, Christ in Him crucified, is not accepted, and it's not in a lot of churches. Why? Because it points to Christ and not to man. We want to present the idea that we need the Savior, but we also want, in the same token, uh, we want to give the idea that it's okay. We're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. That, no, it's not a token to live how you want. And, and, and the Word is not there for you to justify what you're doing. Our life is to line up with the standard, the Word of God. There ain't nothing wrong with holiness. But there is something wrong with what a lot of people recognize holiness as. Holiness is not me preaching in a tuxedo. Holiness happens when the Lord God Almighty, the Holy Spirit in my life, begins to prune and continue to dress the vine and will get rid of the things in my life that don't need to be there. And then my number one priority, my number one value in life is not going to listen to what I want to listen to, but it's going to be to please God Almighty. But it's also going to be about delivering the Word of God in love and not from a haughty heart. The fact of the matter is, the truth, it'll divide. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 4, No man who wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. When I was a teen, there was a song out, God's got an army, not afraid to fight. Soldiers of the cross, children of the light. And Jason used to bump that in his low rider. No, I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> Come to pick up Tammy. <laughs> oh, man. 
But man, I used to be ready. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to go to school. And I'm going to wear my sweatshirt. And the dude's kneeling. He's got holes in his knees. And it says, pray hard. And I'm going to tell people about Jesus. And I got to school and I didn't tell them about anything. Except for whatever. But it's because I didn't know whose I was. And if I didn't know whose I was, I certainly didn't know who I was in Christ. It's time for the church, the church folk, the body of Christ to come out of the closet. But for some people, it's time for you to actually go into the closet and pray. If you haven't established that prayer life, start. Seek Him. Seek His will, His desire for you, for wherever it may be. Whatever you got going on, seek Him on a daily basis. I, I, I'm, I'm, people say, oh, I'm tired of this filth on TV. Don't watch it. I'm tired of what sports has become. Don't watch it. We found ourselves cheering over golf yesterday on TV. Did we literally just like, ah! We did. And, and, and Matt's not here because I outdrove him with his driver three or four times that I used it. No, that's not, that's not the case at all. I did find out some interesting things about uh, some folks here Friday. Kenneth is not here. But I want to tell you, if you're on Kenneth Stevenson's team, don't, don't hit a bad shot in golf. He'll just leave you standing in the tee box. <laughs> Brother just got in the golf cart and took off. I said, hey, I'm here. My, he said, oh, my bad. I was embarrassing to him, but I, I apologize. <laughs> if there's one thing that you want to know about me in sports is that I am a horrible golfer, and I'll just leave it there. And if Matt Farbaugh says he's got an extra set of clubs that you can use, be prepared to play with some that look like you got hit with a lawnmower. <laughs> That's his tactic to beat you. But anyway, there's just a side note. That has nothing to do with any of this. And I apologize. But we complain about things, but yet we still tolerate them. Just so we can complain some more. If, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. I've told you before, one of my very favorite pictures, and I think it's probably in that computer somewhere, and it's, it basically says, if you want something different, do something different. And it's a fish jumping out of one, a goldfish out of one bowl into the other one that has nothing in it. And if you know anything about goldfish, goldfish are absolutely filthy, nasty. I guess he decided he wanted to get in some clean water. But we complain about everything but never change anything. And I'm not telling you that you need to set a routine. You need to seek the Lord and ask Him what He desires for your life. Should I do this? Should I say that? Should I post this? Should I go there? Should I involve myself with this? Or should I not? 
Lord, should I, what should I say to my co-workers tomorrow? Because I know that day's coming and you're going to present to me an opportunity. The Bible tells us to, to redeem the time. Basically, make the most of every opportunity that we got. So instead of me going in tomorrow talking about, man, it was such a terrible day Saturday. It just rained all day. You could go in and say, man, I spent time with the Lord Saturday morning and it was raining physically on the outside. But let me tell you about the Holy Spirit that was raining on me on the inside. It was fantastic. We, we tolerate the same stuff and still complain about the same stuff. So we, we let the little things slide over and over again. Don't, you ever watch those TV shows where you have the, the, uh, the, I don't know what you call them, Snow Patrol or whatever. I would like to do that if I were ever have that job. They shoot, it looks like missiles at the side of a hill to create an avalanche. And it's along highways. We obviously don't have that problem around here. We've never had a snow avalanche. To my knowledge, if we have, then please inform me. But the, the avalanches, they'll see the slides beginning to take place. And what they do is they, they recognize because they've been trained to see the danger that's involved with this. And when the sheet, the top sheet begins to break loose and slide, and if they don't correct the, the issue beforehand, then a little slide, another little slide, and all of a sudden an avalanche has happened, and it's overtaken the pathway or, or even maybe a life. So we tolerate little by little by little by little, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a massive predicament. And, and, and I guess if you want to... Our saying we say all the time, what you tolerate will dominate. Tolerate the Holy Spirit working in your life and changing you and, and, and speaking to you and correcting you. And we need, to, we need to come out from among them and be separate and quit tolerating so much. Joshua, when you read back in Joshua, he was not afraid to come out from among them. He wasn't afraid to just let them know. In, in other words, he, he was addressing this day in Joshua 24, 15. He was addressing the, the, the elders, the judges, the officers, the religious folks. Because a lot of complaining had been going on. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, because they was mad because he was serving the Lord, choose just this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, little g, which, were your, uh, which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, meaning they didn't come through. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In other words, if you're happy being miserable, then stay happy being miserable, but I'm not happy being miserable, and I'm not going to join you. I'm going to serve the Lord. I saw what your God did not do, but I saw what my God has done and will continue to do. So stay where you want, but I'm telling you where me and my house are going. And as far as we're concerned, no matter what you say, no matter if it seems evil to you, we will serve the Lord. There's a time where a choice has got to be made. And in other words, again, he was saying, if you can save yourself, go ahead. But you can't. If you want to continue to serve the, the, the false gods, then, then go ahead. But for me, we're, we're going to serve the Lord. He didn't argue. He didn't stand there and prove and try to... None of that. Here's what it is. Here's where we are. Take it, leave it. I love you. 
but I, I'm not going to stay miserable. And I'm not going to hang around misery. If a choice is never presented, guess what? A choice will never be made. Man, I wish when I was in, when I took the SAT in high school, it would have been awesome if all of them were A, multiple, like multiple choice, but only had A. <laughs> like this is, I'm guaranteed to ace this thing. But guess what? This is how easy the Lord has made it for us. He's given you one choice. <laughs> and it's, it's, but we're trying to make it multiple. And it's not. There's one way. It's Christ. Receive the provision. Stay in the provision. Walk in the provision. Walk in victory. Come out of the closet you've been in and proclaim what the Lord has said. We make it so difficult. And we're trying to listen and reason with other people's arguments. I hear what you're saying. And I see where you're confused. But let me take the confusion out of the way. Instead of taking a right and a left and going three-tenths of a mile turning at the old rusty bucket by the, by the faded-out red tractor, there is one way, and one way only. It's simple. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I don't know if the church really believes it. I don't know if the, the body really trusts that or not. Because we've tried to create an environment where he'll thrive. He thrives in an environment that he has already made. When we surrender, when we submit ourselves to him, when we enter in the only way that we can, that's where he moves and that's when he will move. And he'll do it again. He'll do it just like he did then. He'll do it today. So you, you have to make the opportunity for one to make a choice. Some people may think, and, 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 and uh, those that like to, to witness and all those things, but I can't wait till tomorrow till I can, till I can just go up and tell somebody whatever. And then somebody may be saying, well, I just can't do that. Because I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. Well, the Bible tells us that if we'll open our mouth, he'll fill it. But if we're not putting it in, he's not going to pull it out. And don't tell them what your grandma said or your pastor's pastor's friends, brothers, cousins, uncles said. Tell them what the Lord has said. Tell them what the Word has said. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It should be. Well, my cup of tea ain't, ain't witnessing for Jesus. It should be. Why is it not? Why, why is it not sharing? Why is not sharing Jesus your cup of tea? If we call ourselves believers... If we're Christians, we're to be Christ-like. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The lamb allows the shepherd to fight for them. There's a video going around, and it's true. And it's uh, when he left the 99 to get the one, that one was me. It's he pulls the lamb out of the ditch, and it hops around, hops right back into the ditch. And we laugh because we can relate with that, because that's been us. And we know that we don't have a business of being around the ditch. But we, we allow the Holy Spirit, we allow the Lord to fight for us. The lamb, the physical lamb, the real lamb, the shepherd, the, they, don't, they don't stop 
the shepherd from slaying the wolf. I mean, they're not up there like, meh, 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 meh. They're, they're like, go for it, brother. Thank you. But we're trying to fight and engage in stuff that we're not intended to. Again, 1 Timothy 6 and 12, we fight that one fight, which is the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. So when you understand what Christ has done for you, when you understand who you are, you will understand who you are. And when you've spent time in the closet, seeking the Lord, then you're not going to be afraid to come out of the closet and proclaim what He said. I want the singers and musicians to come this morning. Uh, real, well, real quick, if it can be real quick. Yeah, we'll do, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll hit it in just a moment. But the lamb allows the shepherd to fight. But we have tried to do things that we weren't intended to do. And engage in things we weren't intended to engage in. And I know that the threats have come and they'll continue to come, but I'm telling you that today we don't need to be silent anymore. We don't need to fear anymore. We don't need to worry anymore. Why? Because you have to know who you are. When we understand what took place at Calvary, that our redemption was afforded to us, then you understand victory. And, and you're not, listen, please don't take this wrong, not prideful, not arrogant, boldness within yourself but you know that the storms are going to come but you can't back down when, when Peter spoke up his words cut to the heart so when you, when you speak the truth the word of God it will pierce the heart not so you can see it but so that those who are being, being spoken to can feel it. <coughs> so I, I don't know where you find yourself today. I, all I know is over the last three years, specifically the last one year, the church has lost focus. I'm not talking about any specific individual church. I'm talking about as a whole. But I'm not here to complain about the church. I'm giving you the solution. And His name is Jesus. It's the Word of God. We have to come out of the closet, be salt and light. To let them see our good works so that they may glorify our Father which is in heaven. To be a voice in the wilderness. Not to be silent. Not to be afraid. Not to be worried. Not to be pulled in every direction. But to stand fast 
on the rock, which is Christ. So this morning as they are ready to sing, I want you to stand. And I want you to take an honest evaluation of your life. And really ask yourself this question, or well, you may know the answer already. One, am I truly seeking your will for my life? Two, am I being a voice? Not, not, uh, but am I allowing the Lord to speak through me? I don't know again where you find yourself but if you found yourself in that place of being silent that time needs to be over and I simply want to ask you this morning one if you don't know the Lord as your Savior today is the day to make him known to receive him as Lord and Savior but two if you're willing to come out of the closet and speak the truth I want you just to make your way to this altar and just ask the Lord to fill you with a strength that you have not known. Because I promise you this, today you will come in contact with somebody who does not know Jesus. And if you just simply come and ask this, Lord, wherever I go today, let them see you in me. And when that opportunity arises, let me speak your word in love. Not that I'll be seen, but that you'll be heard through me. So this morning as they sing, I just want you to respond however you feel the Holy Spirit drawing. And let him change us today. Your love. 
by your acceptance or refusal but to speak, to teach, to witness, to love does not change what's at stake. What's at stake? Eternity. So if you are truly concerned, desperate, then I would think that you would truly find yourself on your face before the Lord. Praying for the salvation of your friends, your brother, your sister, your wife or husband, your uncle or aunt or grandparents. Because I want to tell you, I personally have family members, blood kin, family members who don't know the Lord. And it's not about, am I crazy? It's not about, oh, you're there you go with the Jesus stuff again. It's about eternity. God, don't ever let us point somebody away from you. God, I'm asking for your forgiveness that we have become such a prideful people and we're worried about our feelings getting hurt more than we're concerned about a soul being lost for eternity. God, forgive us. Break this church. Break Lakeside's heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Break us of us. pour out your spirit in this place I want them to sing this again and if you mean these words you have to bow at your seat or if you want to come up here let him break you today eternity Eternity, it's at stake. Sing it again.
here, some people think. It's after 12. When are you going to tell us to go home? And I'm going to share something with you that's real. And it's not to embarrass anyone. In fact, she shared it on uh, her Facebook. While church houses have been filled with people worried about what time we'll get out, is my uh, whatever I have in the crock pot going to be good? I want to give you a real life scenario, a real life situation. I have a cousin whose husband's missing because he has an addiction and he binge drinks and he's gone. He's been missing. They can't find him. And her heart's shattered. Everybody's sharing posts and they can't find Mike. about what time will we get out of church? Cindy, if you see this, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for Mike. Well, just tell him to quit. Again, why don't we show the way? Why don't we be the church? Think about the relative you have that's bound and tried every rehab and every addiction center known to man and they're still bound and still can't be delivered because maybe the church hasn't been the church. And all we care about is what time will we leave? been an alcoholic for over 20 years and I praise God that he's doing better but where is the church we made it this you go sit in your office and and get a nugget from God and come bring it to me on Sunday where is the church Somebody right now, wherever they may be, is contemplating on taking their life. And we're concerned about where the line belongs when we get to the, to the hog trough to eat. Do we truly want our hearts to break for what breaks God's? Because if we do, then we're going to be inconvenienced and we're going to be troubled. We're going to be broken. We won't worry about just coming in and hearing a good little message and us just going on. We'll worry about, Lord, will you speak through me? What a shame. The church as a whole has become... Maybe the Lord needs to take away some of our conveniences. 
to kill me all you want. People are dying and going to hell. And we're worried about time. If you need to leave, I understand. But will you believe for them? Who's them? Whoever they may be. God save Mike's soul. Deliver him from the bondage of alcohol. God be with my family, those that don't know you. Lord, those here that have children that are addicted, God send them free. I don't feel at liberty to say or dismiss. I don't know. If you need to go, that's fine. But I encourage you to intercede, to pray, to go into the closet so that when you walk out of here, you can call somebody and proclaim, thus saith the Lord. There are people in here that have been set, I mean, gloriously freed from addictions and if anyone should know it should be me I'm no longer bound I'm free and when we intercede when we pray for when we lift up and I, again if you need to go that's fine but if you want to make come to the altar, make one of your seat. If you need to go, whatever. But I'm telling you, will you be the body? Will you ask Him to speak through you? I want them to lay just a few more minutes if you can. Please, seek the Lord. You ain't got nothing to pray for. Pray for Michael McKinney. I don't know where he is. Nobody knows where he is. But pray for his soul. Pray for his safety. Pray for freedom from bondage, from the addiction of alcohol. If you ain't got nobody to pray for, pray for me. Pray for my brother, Trey Collins. Pray for my family. Just go to the Lord in prayer. Seek him today.
I don't know what normal is supposed to be, but I pray that it's never anything that we think it is. My simple prayer is that the Lord will have His way any and every time we're together. The Lord has blessed us with tools, things to use for His glory. And I'm telling you that we will to the fullest. Just hold on. It's just going to keep on getting better. Melanie, if you need to say something real quick. Hi, everybody. Um, most of you know me. I'm Melanie. Um, Pastor Jason, forgive me for interrupting before. I, I was wrong for doing that. Um, most of you know that I have a son. His name is Justin. He's 40 years old now. So I've asked to pray for him. Some I have not. Um, I have requested prayer of him being sick for some time. I have not told everyone what his problem is. He himself is an alcoholic. Um, he's going downhill. He's in liver failure. He was in the hospital this past week. He went into the hospital vomiting blood, hemorrhaging, because his body can no longer clot blood. Um, I was not allowed to go to him. His blood platelets um, were very, very critically low. They began pumping his body in both arms with multiple units of platelets so that though they could see where he was bleeding from internally, it was too dangerous to go in with the instruments to stop the bleeding because they would have killed him. So despite going in, um, despite giving him all of these multiple units of platelets, instead of the platelets coming up, they continued to drop because he was bleeding internally. It looked like there was no hope. And I reflected back on a prayer that had worked from scripture, Ezekiel 16, points, 16 and 6. And the scripture reads, and well, this is the Lord speaking the Holy Spirit. And when I passed by thee, and I saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live, yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. And I prayed that prayer, and I had a couple of other saints pray that prayer with me in agreement. Yes. And I want to tell you, man has no explanation. They have no explanation. But that next day, that doctor said, hey, he's still bleeding. I called that nurse at four, my son, I could hear him. He was writhing on that bed. They could not control his pain no matter how many narcotics they gave him. He was crying out. But I said, said to God, I said, Lord, I don't know where he's got to go. I don't know where, what he's got to go through. I said, but God, you're the only one. You're the only one. He's got to call on you. And I said, God, just mercy, mercy, mercy. And I prayed this prayer. And when that doctor went down with that light, he asked him, he said, do you want to go and take the risk or do you want to just let it happen? He said, do it. When that doctor put that light down him, he looked and he said, the blood is dried up. The blood is dried up. And he took the tubes out. And he sent him home with some medicines and he's going to be giving him stuff to build up his platelets and to strengthen him and a medicine for his blood pressure to 
so that the vessels will decrease in size and they're going to go back on May the 6th and fix everything that needs to be repaired for now. But please pray for his soul. Just pray for his soul. Amen. Thank you all very much. Amen. God's still healing, delivering, saving souls. I'm telling you that there is something taking place here at this church. Uh, words can't explain it. But just hold on. Because you haven't seen anything yet. Come back tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll have service. Go love somebody. Tell them about Jesus. And uh, be safe. We'll see you soon. Be blessed.